This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Downey. Our guest this week is David Perry, CEO of Indigo Ag. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on more than 330 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Indigo Ag CEO David Perry next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. America's crop insurance industry, providing individualized protection on more than 330 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Indigo Agriculture was named CNBC's number one company on their 2019 disruptor list. The company looks to combine advanced microbial science, data management, and robotics to improve farmer profitability and grow more food, meanwhile making major strides in shifting carbon from the atmosphere back to the soil. Indigo CEO David Perry grew up on a farm in Arkansas. He noted conventional crop production hasn't changed much in the last half century, but believes microbial science could change farming as we know it. I think this is the frontier. I think we will find microbes that do everything that we want to do, meaning improve yields, reduce fertilizer use, and dramatically reduce chemical use. The background on this science comes from human health. In the last 10 or 15 years or so, we've really come to understand the important role that microbes play in all sorts of of human conditions, whether that's autoimmune diseases or infections, etc., With regard to agriculture, microbes have been living in plants for the last 200 million years, and they have a huge incentive for those plants to do well and survive because living inside of a plant is a pretty good alternative to living out in the world. And so over time, those microbes have evolved the capability to be able to influence the yield of plants, help them deal with stresses like insufficient nutrients, attacks by bugs, attacks by diseases, And our job is to just find those microbes in nature and turn them into products to help farmers grow more food. So there are some companies who have made a name for themselves by developing better hybrids and varieties. There are others that have specialized in crop protection and in nutrient management and and assisting crops in growth. Yours is beyond just one simple aspect because you reach out to the grower, you reach out to the end user, you handle transportation in between, and the science of agronomics. Give us an overview of Indigo Ag and the different elements that work together for the company that you are. We think of ourselves as systems innovators. So the current problems of agriculture we see as solvable. And those problems are namely that we're not growing our food production as fast as the population is increasing. Uh, Farmers aren't making very much money, if any, Consumers aren't really getting what they want in terms of health and sustainability, and we're consuming a lot of the Earth's resources in the process of producing our food. Again, we believe these are solvable problems, but not with any single innovation. It really requires us to step back 
and look at the entire system of agriculture differently. And so that's what we're trying to do at Indigo, put in place all of the pieces necessary to create a more beneficial agricultural system. And so we do that through using microbiology to replace fertilizers and chemicals. We do that by creating a gigantic e-commerce platform, and we do it by arranging transportation and providing agronomy and essentially every piece of a more beneficial agricultural system. I note that you work with the crops of cotton, of soybeans, of corn, of rice, and of wheat. What led you to this selection, and what volume of crops do you have? Is it only in the U.S., or are you global at this point? We currently have offices in six countries on three continents around the world, and we started in those crops because they're the largest crops on Earth, so most of the food calories in the world are produced by those. Um, we're not limited there. We're already expanding into other grains like barley and sunflowers, and we'll continue to work our way into smaller and smaller crops as we advance. David, I note that from the advertising perspective, it's pretty common for companies now, instead of talking about what their product has, to talk about what their product doesn't have. So if I am an end user and I'm looking for these these raw crops and ingredients from these crops, what makes Indigo an attractive source for these products? Ultimately, we think that, that farming is going to shift from, from what you described, which is what do things not have, to, uh, to looking for positive characteristics, especially around nutrition and sustainability. And that's what we're trying to enable uh, farmers to produce and buyers who want those things to buy. It'll show up in a bunch of different ways on the label eventually, but but we imagine, for example, a carbon footprint on every bit of food that you buy so that you know how it was produced and whether that food contributed to the problem or contributed to the solution. One of the common names of a crop is golden rice, where it has been engineered that it would have vitamins that other rice would not, and for children with malnutrition, that simply by eating this crop, the trait that is there would help them have better health. Uh, one of the thoughts of genetic engineering is that we would have identity-preserved crops that would have traits that would that would make things better. So with regard to indigo, what are you able to provide in terms of the quality of the crop or particular traits that make you more desirable to a, a particular end user? Two things, nutrition and less chemical residue. Indigo advocates for a way of growing that results in healthier soil. And healthier soil means there are more micronutrients available to the plant, and that results in more nutritious crops. We also advocate for ways of growing that that use a lot fewer chemicals and fertilizers, which means there's fewer of those residues on the food that people are eating. You have a relationship with Anheuser-Busch already. Yes, we do. Can you talk about the relationship? Increasingly, consumers are interested in where their food comes from and how it's grown. And I I think there's been an explosion of this interest just in the last nine months or so as people increasingly understand the threat of climate change and the role that agriculture plays in both causing it and potentially solving it. So as consumers are more interested in this, then so are big brands and companies that sell things to consumers. And in Anheuser-Busch's case, they ask us if we could help them source rice which is used in their brewing process, 
that's produced with lower greenhouse gas emissions and less nitrogen fertilizer. And in fact, they ultimately agreed to purchase 2.2 million bushels of such rice through us over the next 12 months. How do you see that relationship growing either with that company or with others? Well, we're having a lot of similar conversations with, with other consumer packaged goods companies. You know, in general, the processed food sector is losing market, so they're, it's actually shrinking. But the segments within that that are growing are those that are focused on health and sustainability. And that's what we enable brands to be able to deliver to their customers. Some companies have made their name again with the identification of their own varieties and hybrids and their genetics. Yours appears to be more from the seed coating that would uh, go on to particular crops. Do you also have your own hybrids and varieties, or do you work with the choice of the farmer and the companies and uh, numbers that they choose to grow? Yeah, we do not have a seed business. We, we neither develop nor sell seeds. We allow the farmers to select the seeds that they prefer to use, and then we treat those seeds later with uh, with microbiology for that portion of our business. So if a company calls and or makes contact with Indigo and, and a farmer says, I want to start working with you, how do you start and, and ultimately how far can that go? That depends on the farmer's own needs. We really approach this in terms of farmer profitability. Our number one goal is improving the profitability of those farmers, and that's the way our account managers are compensated. So we sort of look and see what their needs are and, and try to start where, where we can address that biggest need. That could be a marketplace, could be allowing them to sell their crops for more money and get paid for quality and sustainability. It could be with transport, where we allow them to either source transportation more easily or put their own trucks to work. Or it could be with microbiology, where we can allow them to use fewer chemicals and fertilizers in the production of their crops. I note from your website that for those farmers who have participated, especially with corn and wheat, you're showing an appreciable increase in income per acre. Yes, that's right. So far, we've focused our microbiology primarily on increasing yields, and we've had really good luck there. So we're seeing, as you say, in wheat and cotton, above 10% yields and other crops sort of high single digits. That's an enormous change from a farmer's perspective. Their their current margin of profitability is, is less than 10%. So... If you can give them 10% more, that's roughly doubling profitability. I know you can't give away trade secrets, but there are a lot of companies that are looking at uh, seed treatments, that are looking at the microbial area. What innovation have you found or what areas uh, are you using that you feel set you apart from other companies that are in the same race? You're right about the explosion of interest. You know, we, we think there's the opportunity for microbiology to ultimately replace at least half of the chemical fertilizers used today, and maybe as much as 90% of the chemical insecticides and fungicides. So those are huge, multi-billion dollar markets, and there are a lot of companies that are interested. The approach we take is to look at microbes inside of the plant, and that has been really productive for us and is an unusual approach. We've filed for over 250 patents in that area, which is about half of all the patents filed in the world that topic but having said that you know we're not going to have all the good ideas and and we already partner with other microbiology companies who've come up with good products that we have not yet gotten to so that we can bring them 
to the growers that work with us. As I understand with, with the seed treatment now, that we would be introducing good microbes around the roots of the plant there in the rhizosphere. How are you different of working with the microbes in the plant? Are we talking about above the soil or below the soil? Different people focus on different things here. So some some microbial companies focus on soil microbiology or specifically the roots. We found it most fruitful to focus on the microbes that, that live inside of the plant itself. And so when we coat a seed, then that, that microbe stays on the outside of the seed until the plant germinates. But after germination, it takes up those microbes inside of the plant where they multiply and impact the plant throughout throughout its growing cycle, throughout its life. Uh, we found that to be the highest, most fruitful approach to our research. Are you then able to measure the fruit of the plant to be able to see the microbial activity that an indigo-coated seed would have versus another seed coat? In many cases, yes, but it's not required to get the improved yield or to see those microbes be able to fight off disease and insects, for example. So the ability for producers to raise similar crops that they have today with fewer inputs, smaller footprint, and more sustainable. That's a really good summary. So there is another element to that which you're discussing with indigo, and that is one that is drawing more and more attention in Washington, across the country, and around the world, and that is of the environment and the adaptation to climate change. You have a Terraton initiative. How can indigo ag help farmers to perhaps be a solution for the carbon that we have in the atmosphere? This is something that we just announced about two and a half weeks ago, and uh, as you said, it's gotten a lot of traction in a hurry. So a teraton refers to one trillion tons, and that is both the size of the problem and the size of the potential solution. So in April, scientists measured the concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere at 415 parts per million. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, that was about 280 parts per million. That difference times the Earth's atmosphere represents 1 trillion tons of carbon dioxide that's in the atmosphere today that wasn't in the atmosphere in 1800. That, that 1 trillion tons also represents roughly the amount of carbon dioxide that could be stored in agricultural soils. By by using plants to capture carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and put it into the soil, which is what plants do automatically, and then changing farm practices so that that carbon then stays in the soil using things like cover crops and, and no-till practices. We could dramatically change the carbon content in the soil and over time capture approximately that one trillion tons. And that uh, that's the genesis of the Terraton initiative. So there are individuals that are pointing a finger at agriculture, saying that agriculture is the problem or a big part of the problem. Can, in your view, agriculture be a part of the solution? Both are true. Today, agriculture is a big part of the problem. 25 to 35% of the global greenhouse gas emissions caused by humans are attributable to agriculture, second only to the oil and gas industry. So... So today, it is undoubtedly part of the problem, but the, the really remarkable thing is that we can flip that around. And it, it frankly is the only potential solution that I know of that is of the size that we're talking about, 
is relatively affordable, is implementable today, we're not waiting for new technical breakthroughs, and has all the other benefits of money going to farms and rural communities. So what does it take for Indigo Agriculture to capture a larger market share and to be able to achieve some of these objectives that you've outlined for us today? Well, a lot of cooperation and participation from both farmers, consumers, businesses, regulators, um, but we're off to an excellent start. So in the first two weeks since announcing the Terraton Initiative, where we hoped to get a million acres of farmers engaged before the end of the year, we've already gotten three million acres of interest. So the response from the agricultural community has been spectacular. You know, farmers are, are interested in engaging in this, uh, and we'll continue to expand that to NGOs, government relationships, business relationships, and so forth. Have you had the opportunity to work with commodity organizations because there are a number of active member grower groups that are looking for opportunity? Yeah, we have initial discussions going on there, and it's quite promising. Dave, also within those commodity organizations, I know that there's been a soil health partnership the corn growers were able to help to bring about. And some are suggesting that maybe future agriculture policy should be focusing on some particular solutions like this. What response have you had from, from leadership in Washington and from representatives that, that might be able to bring about policy and, and move this direction? Well, I think there's a huge opportunity here. I've been fortunate to be able to talk to a number of uh, congressmen and senators on both sides of the aisle and have gotten a really good response. Those that are interested in climate change and solutions to it, like the idea of the scope of the potential solution, the price, etc. And those that are mostly interested in farmer welfare, the health of rural communities, and the economy in the middle of the country, love the idea of the farmers being the recipients of this and the farmers being you know, becoming part of the solution. So I, I think there's a real opportunity for things that will get the support of both parties, and that includes incentives, change in regulation, etc. I mean, there was a time that farm policy had sod buster and swamp buster. We have a conservation title that is inside the farm bill. Could you see a new title that's that's targeted toward climate and sustainability? Absolutely. You know, all the side effects of this from a farmer perspective are positive. What we're really, when we talk about increasing carbon content of the soil, we're also basically talking about creating healthier soil. And healthier soil makes that farm more resilient to drought, more able to take heavy rains, and lowers expenses and produces more nutritious crops. Those are all worthy things to be included in a farm bill. So then thinking then of full circle for the company Indigo, your private company now that is obviously on the grow, do you see yourself becoming a, a public company and forming partnerships uh, with other uh, government agencies and, and uh, other industry? Yeah, so our path is like that of most high-growth technology companies. We've raised about $650 million privately. But ultimately, we're likely to be a public company. We don't have any specific dates in mind, but that's in our future. With regard to breadth of relationships, you know, in, in order to accomplish the Terraton Initiative, a lot of collaboration will be needed. Uh, we need partnerships with NGOs, with businesses, and with governments, both around incentives and changes in regulations. And yes, we're, we're devoting 
a fair number of resources to that. Well, David Perry, you've come a long way from the Arkansas farm into this new area uh, and new paradigm of agriculture, both the relationship between humans and the food that we eat and between our agriculture and the environment that surrounds us. We thank you for taking time and giving us a vision of the company. This is Open Mike, and you have the last word today. Well, thank you. Well, I'd like to leave us with the thought that the potential for agricultural soils to take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and store it on the farm is the single most hopeful thing I know about with regard to climate change. The potential solution is similar to the scale of the problem. It's relatively affordable. It's immediate. We can take action today, and all the side effects are positive. And so I look forward to working with anyone who's interested in making that happen. Our thanks to David Perry, CEO of Indigo Ag, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.